Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. On this show, we talk about everything related to heavy metals, chemicals, and detoxification. And today I have Dr. Summer Beatty on the show. And uh, she's a friend of mine. I want her to have her come on. She works with uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner and their clinic in Washington. And today she's going to be talking about neural therapy injections for pain, detoxification, and regenerative therapy. And we're going to be talking about how neural therapy can enhance detox, especially if you feel like you're not progressing on your detox journey, you feel stuck. And neural therapy is used in stimulating a liver function and lymphatic flow. How neural therapy can greatly help with pain, with scarring, and other pelvic floor and reproductive issues. We'll talk about how neural therapy can get to the root cause of pain when other methods have fallen short. And we'll talk about neural therapy, how it serves as a form of energetic therapy that can release emotional traumas, scars, and other energetic blocks that are preventing good health outcomes or preventing you from meeting your health goals, and also who should and shouldn't get neural therapy. So such a good show. This is very, very interesting. And uh, Dr. Beatty also does physician training as well. So you can get training in this method as well. So thanks for tuning in. And I, I know you guys are concerned about heavy metal detoxification. You're concerned about the amount of heavy metals that you have in your body and what to do about them. So I created a quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com to find out your relative levels of heavy metals and toxins in your body. And then you get a free video series on what to do about it. So how to take action and detox your body the right way. So go check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Summer Beatty, is a naturopathic physician, and she was born and raised in Alaska and completed her undergraduate bachelor degree in exercise science at La Sierra University in California. And in 2004, she received her graduate degree as a doctor of naturopathic medicine at Seattle's Bastyr University. She pursued training with physicians and organizations setting the standard of care in regenerative medicine, and she also founded One Living as a platform for collaborative practitioners to share their ex expertise in an intimate and hands-on setting. And the focus of classes has been on teaching physicians how to best use regenerative injection therapies for orthopedic, aesthetic, sexual health, and wellness needs. And some of Dr. Beatty's favorite injection modalities include the use of neural therapy, prolotherapy, prolozone, PRP, peptide, and other biologics. And other key tools of her practice include IV therapy, hormone optimization, and photodynamic therapies. You can learn more about her work and consult with Dr. Beatty at onelivingclinic.com. Dr. Beatty, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, to chat with you for a little bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Sure. So um, I'm a naturopathic physician trained at Bastyr University, graduated what feels like now a lifetime ago, but um, 2004. So I'm coming up on my, um, gosh, it'll be my 17th anniversary of having graduated from, from the university. And it's easy to remember because I also got married graduation weekend. So this uh, tomorrow will be my uh, wedding, 17th wedding anniversary and my 17th year as a, as a naturopathic physician. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. I feel like I deserve a little bit of a gold crown for yeah. um, Savarth being both. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband probably deserves one as well. <laughs> so um, I started out as a family practice physician because that's pretty much how, at least when I went to school, most naturopathic physicians were being trained to go into family medicine. And I did that. Um, until about 2011. Um, and to be honest, did not love it. And so in 2011, I joined a varicose vein surgery practice up in Alaska. Alaska is my home state. I had moved back there in 2010 and we shared space with a pain management clinic. And so I would also kind of uh, fill in for them as a medical assistant. And that kind of took me out of family practice and really put me into specialty medicine. And I found that I really loved it. I actually was really, really good at it. And I think part of the reason was, is that as a, as a family practice physician, you are asked to know a whole lot about everything, but not necessarily know really anything in depth. But as a specialist, you're kind of allowed to let go of knowing so much about everything and focus on just that one thing. And it allows you to really hone your skills. And my husband had shattered his tibial plateau in 2009 when I was pregnant with our first daughter and spent nearly a month in the trauma center Harborview here in Seattle and very grateful to the surgeons there. They saved his leg. But in 2014, a bucket handle tear in his meniscus that had never been repaired was really starting to become problematic. And the orthopedic surgeon up there in Alaska's suggestion was to simply cut it out. And being in his 30s, he was not quite ready to do that. And my undergraduate degree is in exercise science. And I had honestly wanted to be a physical therapist before I found out about naturopathic medicine and sort of went down that detour instead. So he was sort of pretty adamant that I figure it out for him. Uh, he really wanted to not cut any more body parts out. So uh, in 2015, we moved back to Washington State, and I spent that year traveling around the country studying regenerative injection therapies, working with any physicians who would mentor me or any trainings that I could get into, basically to learn prolotherapy. And prolotherapy is something we're not really focusing on in today's visit, but that is injection of dextrose solution to the in thesis points where the ligaments and tendons connect with bone, because a lot of joint pain is actually caused by ligament laxity. And that particular injection therapy does help tighten up and stabilize loose joints and therefore reduce a lot of joint pain um, and effectively reduce that joint instability. But in 2000, I think it was, I was trying to think about this the other day. I think it was in 2008, I was working as a TA for the medical procedures class at Bastyr University after I had graduated. And Dr. Jeff Harris, one of the faculty physicians there was teaching a course in neural therapy, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. And neural therapy is also an injection technique that is used to treat both pain and illness. And so I already had sort of dabbled in that injection modality for managing orthopedic pain and then kind of walked away from it. And so coming back to this orthopedic world of regenerative medicine, neural therapy, kind of came back into my playbook. And that was the thing that I started using on my husband first while I was learning these other therapies. 
And then in 2018, I joined Dr. Christine Schaffner at what was then Bella Fiore Clinic, and then followed her to Sophia Health Institute and then have stayed with her now at Eminence Health. And part of the way that those clinics practiced was very heavily based in this idea that the body is very much an electric organism and that neural therapy is for lack of a better term, a foundational technique for helping reestablish electrical communication in the body between cells and the nervous system and uh, joints and organs. Um, And so it's really a very complex injecting system for managing really complex conditions, but it's also very simplistic in that it can be utilized quickly and easily in very uh, less complex ways to start effecting change and sort of lay the groundwork for the body to then be able to better respond to all of the other therapies that you might want to do. So I really do not manage the complexity of patients' cases here at the clinic. I work with a a team of physicians and uh, like Dr. Schaffner and Dr. Tara Boyd and Dr. Amanda Wilms. And um, all of them have been managing chronic illness for many years and uh, do that very well. And so most of the time they're managing the the patient as far as their, their complete case. And then they're sending them to me for most of the injection therapies. I do a lot of the IV nutrient therapies. I manage a lot of the hormone care for those patients. So I really consider myself more of a procedural physician and an ancillary support system to the other physicians here at the clinic, because we, we do very much work as a team. And I, I don't manage their GI symptoms. I don't manage, you know, the Lyme that they're experiencing and their their symptoms from that specifically. But I work in in um, relationship with the other physicians here to get the best outcome for these patients. Okay, fantastic. And so, what exactly is neural therapy, and and how does it all work? Yeah. So um, I actually took a few notes here because I had done a PowerPoint presentation on this earlier. I teach injection therapies to other physicians through my standalone practice, One Living. And so one of the things I think people are most surprised about is that neural therapy is really not a new technique. It's just not well known here in the United States. And so it really began in the 1920s in uh, Germany. And I'm looking at my notes here because I always pronounce this guy's name wrong, but um, a German physician. Ferdinand Hunnicke. And that's that's almost a hundred years ago now, right? And so what one what he did is he used procaine, which was had been found to be a safer derivative of cocaine, to inject his sister really to treat her migraines and had um, phenomenal, phenomenal results. And so then it kind of spread to France and to Spain. And so in Europe, neural therapy is known as a comprehensive treatment for treating chronic pain and illness via the injection of procaine. So really in its most simple form, it's the injection of an anesthetic and it's used to basically reset the resting membrane potential of cells and particularly the nervous system and how it communicates with the body. These injections can be superficial and what neural therapy is probably most well known for is the injection of procaine into scars 
and or it can be done deeper into the uh, the periosteum near the periosteum for the periosteovisceral reflex to stimulate that and encourage uh, healing via the nervous system that way. Or it can be done into nerve ganglion, which are also deeper injections. So there's not necessarily one way to do neural therapy, though it is its own its own system. But with the superficial injections, you're basically going um, just into the, the cutaneous layer of the skin to hit that visceral cutaneous nerve junction. And by stimulating the nerves in that dermatome, you then effect change at all of the deeper structures. So the, the visceral organs, the joints that are lying under that dermatome are then communicated with by the nerve conduction at the surface of the skin. And so we were talking about this at the, the orthopedic training that I, I just finished teaching with a couple of colleagues this weekend. And the, the resting cell membrane potential is a really important concept to understand with the idea of using neural therapy in that being that we are electrical creatures, the resting cell membrane potential, that electrical charge across that membrane is what allows cells to move cations and anions and proteins and metabolic wastes in and out of the cell. So without a cell membrane that is functioning properly using uh, transport in and out, the functions of the cells start to decrease and then eventually cease. And so if you have a body that has a bunch of cells that are not functioning, the cells stop functioning and then the system stop functioning and then eventually the organs and the body stop functioning, right? So a resting cell membrane potential, and you please interrupt me at any time if I'm not being clear, but the resting cell membrane potential should always be a negative charge. And it's usually a pretty significant negative charge around like negative 70 millivolts to negative 80 millivolts. That is a healthy resting cell membrane potential. It allows calcium potassium uh, channels in the cell membrane to, to flow appropriately and for cell transportation to be happening. But what happens with scars is that scars actually raise the resting membrane potential to become more positive. And as that resting cell membrane becomes more positive, uh, transport across the cell membrane ceases to happen efficiently. And you get what's called a, a voltage-gated channel signal to the nerves. So sometimes these scars are actually allowing stimulus that normally wouldn't cause pain is now triggering those nerves more easily because you're you're at a, a higher resting membrane voltage potential, right? So by injecting procaine into these scars and resetting the resting membrane potential, you're, you're repolarizing the cell membrane, bringing it back to a negative charge. And if for even a half an hour to an hour, however long that, that pop, that negative uh, cell membrane lasts, the cell starts to function more optimally again. And so, you know, speaking about detox, knowing that your, your program is primarily about that, is that now the cell is able to move these metabolic wastes out. It's able to be picked up by the lymphatic system. It moves into the extracellular matrix, all of those things that happen to effectively allow metabolism to be efficient. We also know that scars um, cause tethering 
and interrupt the extracellular matrix. They constrict the fascia, all of those things that are important to good detox and the, the body moving out. And, you know, um, having listened to a few of your, few of your podcasts, I, I honestly haven't listened to all of them. Um, but a big part of being able to detox effectively, isn't just moving like environmental toxins that we're exposed to like heavy metals and uh, chemicals and things like that, but it's our own internal metabolic waste uh, waste products from metabolism that the body just can't use anymore. Those need to be moved out as well. And so I think sometimes people get in their mind that when we're talking about detox, we're always talking about moving something that is innately harmful to the body like lead. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's our own, it's our own processes that need to be continually flushed as well. So that's kind of the basics of kind of using neural therapy for scars and in the neurotherapy world, they'll call scars an interference field, uh, basically meaning that it is interfering with the electrical conduction and proper functioning of these systems of the body. And so lots of different things can be interference fields besides scars. And so things like abscessed teeth, uh, hidden infections, you know, it can be uh, emotional scars even. I mean, we know that the body holds a lot of emotion in our, in us as well. And so by treating all of these different things with uh, neural therapy, we start to clear the path for the other therapies that physicians might want to be using to be more effective. So in naturopathic school, we would call that, you know, obstacles to healing. Like what are a patient's obstacles to healing? And so when you see a patient who should be responding better to a lot of their therapies and are not, then I start thinking there's some of these hidden interference fields that we need to identify in order to then move forward with other therapies. Sometimes those interference fields are obvious like the scars and other times they're not so much. And so being able to take a really good history, being somebody who can really listen to your patient, sometimes the clues to what those interference fields might be often will come up in their story. And sometimes it's something they didn't consciously attach a whole lot of meaning or, or trauma to, but the body did. So what kind of medical conditions might be commonly treated with neural therapy? Yeah, so pretty much every patient that comes into our clinic can probably expect to be treated with neural therapy. There's not really any condition that doesn't respond well because all of us have these scars, even if they're from childhood. Um, but most of us have had some sort of surgery, whether it's removal of the wisdom teeth or tonsillectomy or C-section scars, things like that. So somebody might come in who, you know, had a history of um, upper respiratory infection. And then that may cause a chronic sinus infections that cause scarring. Um, and so we might be kind of treating the sinuses in order to treat that history of, of chronic respiratory infection, even though the patient's not currently having any kind of respiratory issues. And then you might hear from the patient, well, they always had a history of strep throat as well. So then we're thinking about treating the tonsils. Because when you think about, and Dr. Klinghart, um, who kind of really brought neural therapy to the United States from Europe, he has a great article. If um, patients want to kind of just read up on it, it's written in really great lay terms, but it's on a website called neurotherapy.com. And he really summarizes all of this really beautifully. And he describes it this way is that when you have an interference field, whether it's a scar or something else, uh, an analogy he uses that I think is really nice is if you think about a 
bed and it has a flat sheet stretched across it and it's perfectly smooth, but then you lift just one corner, you will see ripple effects all across the sheet, right? So these experiences that we have with illnesses and infections and um, injuries and surgeries or emotional traumas that the body has hold, held on to creates this ripple effect throughout the fascia, throughout the webbing of the body. And that's what's causing this interference field. And so by treating these things, you're normalizing the playing field of the body, the electrical conduction and the lymphatic flow throughout the fascia and the extracellular matrix. So the patient may come in complaining of shoulder pain, but that shoulder pain might be being impacted by like a gallbladder surgery they had. So we will often start with, um, or I will often start with, what is your oldest scar that you can remember? What is the one that bothers you the most, right? Or what is the one that's most recent? Like, what are the ones you think of? Because if you, if, you, if you have a consciousness about a scar that sort of bothers you, there's probably a reason that it needs to be addressed. And it might be because of the tugging and tethering, in which case we're thinking more of like even just manual release of the scar tissue um, to release that tethering. But we're also thinking about this electrical component that there is to the body and to the extracellular matrix. I mean, even the extracellular matrix, and Dr. Klingart talks about this in that article, is sort of like a plasma field. And once you change the electrical current in that, it's almost like the body changes instantly throughout the entire extracellular matrix, right? So we're, we're improving communication all throughout the body. So we might have somebody who comes in and they have liver congestion. Like I was telling you, I work with hormone patients. So if I start um, someone on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and um, let's say for example, estradiol, right? And they don't seem to be clearing it well through their liver, but they don't necessarily have frank liver disease, right? Or cirrhosis doing neural therapy patterns over the liver in conjunction with other liver support can often help then with the metabolism of those, those hormones. So we're always looking at the body kind of as a complete system and that everything is connected. So a lot of that's called segmental patterns where we would do those superficial wheels over the organ because we're, we're addressing the dermatome that that organ lies under and then therefore affecting that organ. People might be familiar with what's called Hilton's law, which is basically that by affecting the superficial layers, you affect the deeper layers because of the way that the nervous system is connected. And so, yeah, I mean, there's almost no, no condition in the body that hasn't been well mapped by some of these founders in neurotherapy starting back in the twenties that can affect change for people. But some of the most common we see are, are treating the sinus patterns, liver patterns over joints because I'm injecting joints constantly uh, and looking at the scar the scar patterns for these patients. Yeah. And I think people don't realize like your fascia throughout your body, it's not just this tissue that surrounds your muscles. It's actually this crystalline matrix that uh, all of your energetic communication pathways ride on where, you mm -hmm. know, I've talked about this numerous times. We have this energy field and your body communicates primarily in this energy field and sends information on this energy field um, through, throughout your fascia and that crystalline 
million metrics that you talked about. And it's just like Wi-Fi internet, you know, we have mm -hmm. tons of information that travels on Wi-Fi frequencies. Your body has frequencies that it sends information on as well. So you want to optimize those as much as possible. And, um, and so what can a patient expect to experience during a, a neural therapy session? Yeah. So typically I'm using a 1% procaine solution with no preservatives in it. It's been specially ordered for that patient um, because of it being uh, preservative free. And we're usually using very small needles, like a 27 gauge, one half inch needle. I don't know if that means much to patients, but if they've had a lot of injections, it's a short needle, it's a small needle, or sometimes the 30 gauge, one half inch needle, which is even a little bit smaller. Um, and like I said, these are really superficial injections when we're doing the segmental patterns, which is covering the dermatomes over the area that we want to affect. And so it's, it's usually like a little wheel. So you'll, you'll just put the, the needle in superficially into the, the skin and push maybe a half a CC of solution. And then you'll do that about, you know, a couple finger widths breadth apart, usually in uh, rows across the area that you want to affect change. Now, procaine is a local anesthetic. And so um, it does sting a little bit. And so sometimes there can be a little discomfort from the sting of the procaine. With something like a liver pattern, as you move out farther to the sides of the body, our, our skin becomes more sensitive. So just the, the injection of the needle itself, as you move more, la uh, more lateral on the body can be a little bit more sensitive. Most people find it tolerable. What can sometimes be um, unexpected for patients is that because of the emotional component that scars will often hold or the emotional trauma that we're holding around an illness, that there can be a lot of emotional release. And so what, what we want to make sure of is that the patient feels like they're in a safe place where they can take the time that they need to process that emotional component as well. And so a lot of times that emotion will just come rushing in and patients will even say they didn't know that there was anything there and they don't know why they're crying or why they're suddenly angry or the emotion doesn't necessarily make sense to them. And that's okay. It's just like a wave. You just ride it and let it, let it go through its process. And then a lot of times when that happens with a neural therapy treatment, you will see effective change in that patient's um, healing progress much more significantly than if not, right? And so it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be able to release these emotions and let them go. However, some patients, nothing comes up, you know, and that's fine too. You know, we allow the body to process these things when it's ready and when the patient is ready. And so I do think that providers who are wanting to implement neural therapy into their practice, if sort of addressing that mental, emotional trauma piece for patients isn't really their wheelhouse, then connecting with other providers in your community who can then be, that patient can be referred to for that ongoing support is a really important uh, tool to have in your box if you're gonna start implementing these therapies in practice. And I, I think now the beauty of Zoom is there are a lot of practitioners available uh, that maybe you don't have to see in person who are really skilled at that part of the emotional, the emotional component of releasing, releasing these adhesions and interference fields. So connecting patients with that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's an interesting one. I, um, I had a kind of a similar situation with a 
some dental work I was doing. I was grinding mm-hmm. my teeth a lot. And yeah. I was working with Dr. Panapur in Beverly Hills, who has yeah. trained for 15 years mm-hmm. with Dr. Mm-hmm. Klinghart. And he sure. did he did a, an injection that kind of opened up my jaw, relaxed it. And I had this flood of emotions come out. It was, and he warned me that's going to happen. Yeah. And I started crying and was very, very emotional. It really took me by surprise how quickly mm-hmm. it came on. And I think a lot of times people have emotional traumas and feelings that are unconscious. They're buried and you, mm-hmm. you they begin to start coming out as you're doing therapies like this or doing, you know, bioenergetic kind of emotional trauma release. It's surprising mm-hmm. how much is, is buried down deep in the, your energy field. Yeah. And, and sound a little far out there, but sometimes it's not even your own, right? Like sometimes the emotions we're carrying, we've inherited from, from our parents, from our grandparents, you know? And so there's a lot of that is just not in our consciousness, but our body remembers it, you know, our DNA remembers it. And some of it's not serving us anymore. It's holding us back. And so finding ways to release that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so are there any risks with neural therapy that, you know, people should be aware of? Yeah. I mean, so Procaine, one of the reasons dentists sort of moved away from using procaine is that people can be more sensitive to it. And if you are going to have an allergic action to uh, an allergic reaction to one of the canes, uh, procaine would probably be more likely than like lidocaine. So that's why you'll see that a lot of the medical community moved away from using procaine to using lidocaine. But in the neural therapy world, procaine is a much more biocompatible form of the anesthetic. And so if you know you have a known reaction to any of the canes, procaine probably is not going to be a good option for you. Um, so in that case, I feel like the more we learn about the body electric, the more that there are other tools that can effectively change the cell membrane potential as well. And so that doesn't mean that patients can't use a neural therapy approach. They just won't be using procaine. And so we might use something like lasers or tuning forks or essential oils or uh, PEMP is something that I'm starting to use a whole lot more of with patients. But the you know something that's changing that cell membrane potential. Other you mean, the, you mean like the uh, the pulse electromagnetic pulse fields? Electromagnetic just fields. for mm-hmm. anyone that doesn't know what that yep. is. Yeah, the pulse electromagnetic fields can be a great way to change uh, the electrical charge of the body and get cells and cell membranes working again. Anyone who has uh, known active cancer. Sir, this is not a good therapy to probably use on, partly because like we talked about how it, it stimulates the lymphatic system. Some neural therapy injections are even into lymph nodes to get the lymphatic system moving better. And so if you know you have a, a known active cancer, stimulating movement through the lymph system may not be the best thing to do at that time. However, after they've been cleared of cancer, it would be a great therapy to do, especially to treat any type of scarring from like radiation, uh, surgical removal of the tumors, that sort of thing. I mean, the risks are anytime you puncture the skin, you run the risk of an infection, right? And even if we're not doing deep uh, injections, anyone who has like uncontrolled diabetic neuropathy, I, I wouldn't say it's a frank contraindication, but it's definitely a consideration for me. Um, but for most people, the neural therapy is going to be a, a perfectly safe treatment to receive. And are there, are there any alternative modalities that might work similar to uh, neural therapy? 
Yeah, so circling back to sort of the PEMF, the pulse electromagnetic frequency, I feel like that's a more emerging tool that is starting to be used in a lot more practices. And I'm excited to see how that might play out. Because again, I think back to the the mechanism of the neural therapy is really changing that cell membrane potential. So if we can find other tools that can do that, then you could effectively have the same sort of effect of neural therapy if it's applied in the same systematic way without using the procaine. So again, I think lasers, uh, we use uh, Weber medical lasers here for both intravenous and topical. And so that's a pretty strong medical grade laser that can be used to pinpoint specific uh, points on the body uh, if we're using it topically. So there's a little bit of overlap in the way neurotherapy is mapped out and potentially with meridians that are used in acupuncture. And so especially if somebody is well-trained in acupuncture, they can use some of those meridian points, um, both for injection with the, the neurotherapy and or for targeting with these lasers or with the um, tuning forks, because I'm actually having quite a few uh, patients report that going through these bio, these biofield tuning um, sessions where they're using tuning forks instead of some of the injections, they are getting, they are getting change. And so like, even with myself, you know, like I told you earlier, I don't really see pediatric patients. Um, and a lot of pediatric patients don't want needles put into them. And so for kids, especially if you want to um, start this type of therapy without maybe the, the emotional trauma that the idea of needles brings, I've had acupuncturists I've worked with who have done both tuning forks and moxa over some of those points that I would have wanted to inject, but the patient just doesn't want to do needles. And that's fine. Yeah, I love biofield tuning. We've had uh, Eileen McCusick on the show a couple mm-hmm. of times, and um, I have a whole set of biofield yeah. tuning forks, and they're a great way because we know that you know, emotional traumas and other kind of energetic blocks that are in your energy field and they can be tuned out with sound therapy. Yep. Tons of research out there to support the validity, uh, the validity of sound therapy to remove traumas and other, you know, emotional things and energetic blocks from your field. So proven therapy. Yeah. And so being an injection therapist, my bias is always that the needle moves things faster than a lot of other things. And so I do like to use needles if patients are willing, but if they're not, then definitely these other places are a good way to start. They're also a good way to continue the therapy because obviously with COVID and people not being able to have access to inpatient care the way that they used to, I really strongly feel that we need to be bringing a lot of these tools into patients' homes where they have access to them when they need them. And so, um, Patients are not going to be injecting themselves typically in a neural therapy pattern, but if they see me in office and then they go home and have access to tuning forks or pulse electromagnetic frequency pads or things like that, that they can use on a a more regular basis at home, I, I really believe that we'll see uh, improvement in their, their healing journey much more quickly, uh, than if they're not. So one of the things I really, and this is why I work at eminence with, with these doctors is that all of us layer in different things that are a benefit. And most patients are going to see their, their health conditions improve more dramatically 
with a synergy of treatments than relying on any one thing. So when I'm doing orthopedic injections, especially while I may always start with neural therapy, it's kind of my foundational injection technique. It's, it's also something that gets layered in with everything else that I do. So if I'm doing prolotherapy, if I'm doing platelet-rich plasma injections, then I'm layering in uh, the neural therapy along with any of those other orthopedic injections that I'm, that I'm doing. So one of the beauties of um, nature path or of neural therapy is that it can be a standalone treatment, but it can also be a, a synergistic application to other treatments as well. And what role do you see neural therapy playing in detoxification? Kind of circling back to how it stimulates the lymphatic system and it gets that uh, cell membrane transport system moving again. Uh, that is how I think it plays the biggest role in detoxification. And then as you're doing the patterns over organs of elimination, so the liver, the kidneys, things like that, you can do small intestine, colon patterns to really help get things moving and stimulating. I mean, you know that all of these organs require nervous system input and good communication to be functioning and working together, right? So we need the gallbladder to help with digestion and elimination. We need the liver to be helping with conjugation and uh, breakdown of pharmaceuticals or other types of medications, but we're taking all of these things work together. And so by using neural therapy to stimulate these organs to be communicating appropriately and then functioning more appropriately, I think we support the detox system as a whole. Um, and so it's not uncommon to have patients who maybe have been on detox protocols and not really getting a, a response that they wanted. We've now, we, we, we remove the interference fields, these other detox systems that they're working with, colonics and binders and lymphatic massage and um, getting the kidneys stimulated again, now finally they actually start to detox where they these interference fields that maybe were preventing that before have been cleared. And so I think, again, coming back to it as sort of like this foundational therapy, it really just makes everything else that you're trying to do with a patient work better. So the classic patient would be somebody who's been seeing all of these other doctors and they're doing the detoxes and they're running the colonics and they're sitting in the sauna and they're getting lymphatic massage and nothing's moving, right? That patient to me has a hidden interference field that we need to find and treat to make all of the rest of that work better. Fantastic. So any closing statements, anything maybe you, you haven't mess, uh, talked about that you want to get across? I didn't talk a lot about the deeper ganglion injections. One of the ones that I do a lot here in practice is what's called the Frankenhauser and it's uh, deeper procaine injections into the, um, the pelvic floor, mostly for women, because I do a lot of intravaginal injections for scar therapy. Um, and so women with like endometriosis or history of miscarriage, um, history of um, uterine and cervical cancer, like all of this stuff that causes pelvic congestion. Um, I think that that's a really missed piece with uh, women's health is coming in and clearing out these interference fields um, that are really just holding a lot of of energy and trauma in the pelvic, the pelvic bowl, um, and allowing that to be more open and freely moving. And so, I mean, so many women have pelvic pain too, and, oh. and that they just, the doctors can't figure out what's going on and pelvic mm -hmm. floor prolapse and all, all kinds of other 
issues. And yeah. as I mentioned, scar tissue around uh, mm-hmm. pregnancies and things like that. And deliveries. Yeah. And so um, I think that that's sort of a, a missed opportunity with neural therapy is for that patient population. And so for those listening to your podcast who have maybe dealt with a lot of that pelvic floor dysfunction, uh, either working with someone like myself who does do neural therapy in conjunction with your gynecologist or your other pelvic floor health specialist, if they don't do those therapies, is a nice layering on for your team, your team approach to healing. I, I, I mean, I've said this before, I'm starting to kind of sound redundant, but having a team of providers, I think is really important for most people's healing journey, instead of relying on just your primary care physician or just your, your one specialist, because this is the condition that you're looking at, because the body is so interconnected that when you have a different set of eyes and a different set of expertise on it, you find things that you didn't realize were, were connected to, to that, that interference field. Right. And so, you know, I do offer trainings for physicians. I haven't offered neural therapy since COVID kind of shut everything down, but we did reopen for treating or teaching, um, the orthopedic injections and the sexual health, more of the sexual health injections. And so if there are providers who want to get trained, then that's something that I'm happy to work with them to do. Uh, We here at Eminence, all of us here do a lot of teaching. Dr. Schaffner does a lot of um, patient and provider education. And so we feel strongly about making sure we get these tools into the hands of other providers because there's just not enough hours in the day for us to see everyone. And so we're happy to try to connect people with uh, providers that we know are doing these therapies um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, Dr. Beatty, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was really, yeah. really, really interesting. And, and I agree with you that you know people shouldn't rely on the opinion or experience of one physician in their their healthcare and their decision making because it's the body's so complex. And I I wholeheartedly agree. You want to have someone on your team that knows about bioenergetics, that knows mm-hmm. how the body works energetically because the, the physical body takes direction from the energy field. So it's just yep. so much more easier and elegant to work uh, mm-hmm. in that in that realm. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Can you tell the listeners sure. where we can find you and learn more about your work? Yeah. So I have onelivingclinic.com is my website. And I typically update where I'm seeing patients there. Currently, I'm predominantly seeing patients at Eminence Health in the Queen Anne neighborhood of Seattle with Dr. Christine Schaffner and her team of physicians. And then I do do see some patients um, in Bellingham, mostly home visits and telemedicine. And then uh, for physician trainings or provider trainings, also that same website, onelivingclinic.com, we update the trainings there and, and they can get on our mailing list. And then I do have social media, though, to be honest, I don't really spend nearly as much time on it as I probably should, but I'm under Dr. Summer Beatty and One Living Clinic on both Instagram and Facebook. Okay, fantastic. Dr. Beatty, thank you so much for coming on the show. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us on the Myers Detox Podcast. I'm Wendy Myers, and uh, thanks for joining me every week where I try to educate you and all the different alternative therapies that you can use for your health, improving your health, for improving your health outcomes, and for enhancing detoxification. So thanks so much for tuning in. 
The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.